everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, RJ, how you doing, man? Very well. How are you, Jordan? I'm doing okay. Surviving Not the much. summer heat of Florida. <laughs> yeah. Is it bad? Oh, it was bad. Yeah. It was, uh, I'm trying to, well, 35 today. Uh, oh. when I went out for my run. So yeah, it was, uh, it's a, you little, went for little, a run. Yeah. At 35. Yeah. It was, uh, oy, oy. yeah. So. You know, I, I, we won't live here forever, of course. And, uh, I, I'll be honest, I'm going to miss that. There's something sort of, um, refreshing after you get out of, uh, you, you do a 30, uh, a run when it's that hot out and then, and then get right into the pool right afterwards. It feels really good. I can um, imagine that part. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there are many things I will be happy to be, uh, to be, rid of but that'll be you know i'll miss i'll miss that that experience yeah yeah so we have a very uh exciting guest on again we're we're pretty blessed with the with the people that have given us their time mm-hmm. so far and um yeah so it's uh it's christian wolf he uh for for those of you who follow us on twitter and and chat with us on twitter um i'm sure you are aware of him as well um but uh, yeah, we never uh, directly talked to him, and uh, we had a great conversation. It was very enjoyable, um, very yeah, knowledgeable. Yeah, he uh, he has he has his his biathlon experience himself, and uh, now doing uh, the expert analysis and, and broadcasting for the Danish TV. And um, what I really liked is that it felt like we were very much in this in the same boat in the, on, on, on the same mission to uh, mm-hmm. work on expanding biathlon to uh, to more people in nations where it's not a, a big sport. So uh, he, he does it with his with his own podcast in a in a slightly different way, but uh, yeah, it was a was a great great conversation. It, it really was, and and you know, speaking of that, he he got into. Um his work trying to to grow the sport in Denmark and some of the things they've been doing, trying to, you know, get more people involved. And so it was really great uh, hearing everything that he's been doing, doing with that. And then also he was able to give us sort of his, his perspective on, um, on, on biathlon coming from a smaller nation, right? So from, uh, you know, being in, being, uh, you know, having done a couple of races and then, and then commentating on, on TV. So, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we had a lot of fun. I, I uh, am looking forward to having him on again. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it sounded like he was uh, pretty open to that. So, yeah. Um, if you're wondering about the noise, uh, Jordan <laughs> just uh, told me that there's a big thunderstorm going on. So there's nothing wrong with his mic or his breathing technique or anything. It's just uh, not nature noises uh, that pop in every now and then. But um, yeah, unless you wanted to uh, to bring up anything else, Jordan. No, that was it. I think we should get out of here before we get any more thunder <laughs> interrupting uh, us. Lose the power or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I hope uh, everybody will enjoy our conversation with Christian. Um, just a, a reminder, as, as uh, Jordan mentioned last week, um, if you have any feedback or questions, feel feel free to reach out on Twitter, of course, or uh, send us a message to penaltyloopodcast at gmail.com. And um, we really appreciate that. And if you listen to this on Spotify, um, Apple, or whatever platform you use, if it has the option to leave a a rating, we would really appreciate that. Um, And uh, yeah, I, uh, I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. Absolutely.
Through the eyes of. All right. Well, thanks for for coming on, Christian. And nice yeah. to uh, meet you face to face. Yeah. Finally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 And I heard you uh, you started recording a podcast as well. Uh, did Did you just do your second episode? Is that right? Yeah. So we did a pilot episode, and then uh, the first re- real one um, together with uh, Ukalik. Okay. Denmark. So that's the big star in Denmark and, and Greenland. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she asked me uh, some, some weeks ago uh, if I wanted to do a show uh, like you guys, but in Danish, because we have quite a big, uh, for Danish standards, um, yeah, audience, uh, should it be, or TV viewers uh, okay. in the wintertime. So maybe we could give them uh, some knowledge during the summer. So they are almost, yeah, ready for the whole winter. Um, nice. Yeah. So is it, uh, is it a sport that's sort of up and coming in Denmark or has it always been on the radar? Uh, it's been on the radar, but, but um, cross-country skiing, skiing has been um, the most seen uh, the last, uh, yeah, 20 years, but but now the the last five years, uh, biathlon has overtaken and is becoming the most popular winter sport in Denmark. Oh wow! Uh, so it's um, we we have on the Danish um, television sh- TV two, uh, mm-hmm. it's called, um, and we compare ourselves. Um, the the World Cup is uh, far more popular than when Real Madrid uh, uh, or Barcelona or some of those big soccer teams, uh, when they are playing, yeah. Biathlon mm-hmm. is actually co- uh, yeah bigger. Oh, wow. So that's uh, a cool comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And and is there, uh, like, any, are there any biathlon facilities in Denmark? I, I grew up not too far in the northern part of Holland, and I know that Denmark is not much different in the sense that it doesn't have many mountains and not too much snow, so... Yeah, I've been uh, competing a lot against uh, in lowlanders against uh, Dutch guys. Uh, so um, okay. yeah, and been in Rotterdam uh, for uh, world championships in roller skiing for okay. I don't know 20, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but it's uh, kind of like the same. Uh, it's uh, flat and it's um, a lot of wind. Uh, with the the western wind uh, is blowing, and uh, but but we have some facilities for shooting because it's a great tradition in Denmark for going hunting and shooting. Mm-hmm. So it's an old sport in Denmark. Um, 200 years ago, some of the first clubs started uh, of training shooting. Um, oh. as a, so, uh, as a, so there's a great tradition in Denmark for shooting, skeet shooting, and we have some good Olympians uh, in, okay. in shooting disciplines. But uh, by Athlon is quite small. <laughs> yeah. But that's the whole game for me and for all the other guys and girls who are trying to build this sport in Denmark. So uh, could we, yeah, in some years have um, some steady folks in, in the World Cup or in IBU Cup? We have some guys doing IBU Cup right now. And um, and when Ukalek is doing so well, it's... I don't know. It's a, it's a spin-off, so it maybe mm-hmm. uh, this can motivate some some other girls and boys uh, in the future. Okay, absolutely. I'm uh, sorry, Jordan. I'm, I'm, I know you're 
eager to uh, to start your your questions about the running. I'm sure. No, but, no, I'm I'm um, happy to to listen in. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, can you maybe elaborate a little bit on the relationship between Denmark and Greenland, and and how they're sometimes representing the same, and sometimes they're separate? Yeah. So in 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 IBU. It, Greenland is um, for themselves. Uh, it's an independent state or uh, country, but in uh, in the IOC, it's a part of Denmark because it, it's a Rigsfællesskab, uh, as it's called. So it's a United Kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Um, so Greenland is um, supported by Denmark in some way and wants to be uh, separate. Uh, in, in some ways as well, but um, but we have a relationship because uh, m- many Greenlands uh, travel to Denmark and they they are taught Danish in school, so okay. we can communicate and um, so there's a great history between Denmark and Greenland. But um, I think Ukaleg um, is she doesn't feel. Danish, she maybe feels more like a Norwegian or, or, or from Greenland. So, so, but but it's our language. We can speak, we can talk. There's a great so uh, so called yeah community, and um, we meet uh, once a year at the Danish Championships. Uh, all the Greenland uh, youth and juniors and seniors are traveling to. Norway or Sweden, where we compete in cross-country skiing and uh, biathlon. So, so we mm-hmm. meet once in, in a while, uh, competing against each other, and that's uh, the fun part. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's all true until uh, until the United States buys yeah. Greenland, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that, but that was like oh, yeah. a couple of years ago when uh, it was kind of a joke. Yeah. RJ, feel free to edit that out. No, no, it's it it is it is actually funny. Like yeah, the fact that, that he was serious about it, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, so, let's not dive into the politics too much because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, I, I was actually going to go all the way back and say, you know, when did you get your start in biathlon? Like, because uh, you you know mentioned how uh, sort of biathlon is a little bit on on the rise in Denmark. So I would imagine you were sort of ahead of the wave then, so to speak. Yeah, so my way into biathlon was just um, pretty regular because it uh, started as a co- cross-country skier. Uh, so thus, um, all all the uh, biathletes in Denmark, we all started as cross-country skiers. And then um, we we've part- I participated in Youth Olympics and World Championships in Oslo in 2011 as a cross-country skier. But then... Um, yeah, many of us shifted over to biathlon because of this sport, uh, because it's uh, so exciting, and uh, we wanted to try to, to yeah, moving on this wave of biathlon. So it's um, becoming more and more popular, popular both in, in Denmark and as well in in Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, and I've been this yeah expert commentator or so to speak uh on danish uh, tv2 and um, and i've just seen that it's becoming more and more popular um so and that's why it's uh, also yeah 
with this podcast together with with Ukalik and uh, you guys and a lot of other podcasts are, are mm-hmm. developing this sport because it, it's not now it's not only in the winter time it's uh, all over <laughs> and yeah. in the media and so and yeah um we just uh, actually this year we made the first unofficial Danish championships in biathlon. Uh, so now we've become so many. Uh, we're still uh, not that many, but but we're still um, developing and um, and enough people to to have a, a camps and training camps and uh, use each other as uh, training partners and. Um, yeah, and all this stuff. And, and then we have, uh, I have a goal and Dani- Denmark have, has a goal about uh, competing in uh, summer biathlon mm-hmm. on roller skis mm-hmm. in, in Ruhrbalding. Um, and, and maybe maybe that's uh, one of the keys for Denmark to become a better biathlon nation is uh, this, um, IBU is talking about this summer development yeah. uh, program so um, Martin Fogart Nordic Festival and Wiesbaden mm-hmm. and Blink Festival and all these mm-hmm. summer events could develop into um, a year-round biathlon um, competition, you can, yeah. uh, so yeah. to speak. And that's uh, one of the things that we try to develop into because uh, we are much better on roller skis than on skis because, uh, yeah, the equipment on snow is just uh, difficult to yeah. to manage. Yeah. And when you compete on roller skis, you get handed out the roller skis 20 minutes before the start. So every ski is exactly the same, same mm-hmm. wheel size and same material. So when you start on the starting line, you're not behind the, mm-hmm. the Norwegian guys. Uh, and and I think that could develop into something very good in in the future. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also because of all this, uh, yeah, melting and <laughs> yeah, uh, greenhouse gases and so on. So about when the snow arrives in November, no, and now it's December, and then it's mm-hmm. January. <laughs> so yeah, so a lot of things is is going on on roller skis and biathlon and um, yeah, a year round. Uh, yeah. Well, you touched on a couple of things there and, and I want to get to, I want to get to all of them eventually, but uh, you mentioned yourself being like uh, the, the expert you're on, you know, on TV too. How did you, uh, how did you land that role? And um, yeah. And how has that, uh, how has that changed for you? Uh, it was, um, yeah, because I did uh, some commentating on another channel called Eurosport, you know that, uh, yep. I yep. think. And uh they needed some guys uh, to do uh, biathlon and cross-country skiing at the Olympics in 2010 uh, in Vancouver. And TV2 called me and asked if I could do it for, for them. And uh, and since then, um, TV2 has bought more and more, um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, World Cups and IBU and uh, the European Championships and so on. So uh, it's it's kind of like uh, because uh, I knew a lot about cross-country skiing and I just uh, followed biathlon and then um, I was asked to do uh, this. So it's 
a coincidence, <laughs> like mm -hmm. many things in, in life. Um, and maybe because I, I'm good at talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Uh, but in, in Denmark, we, we haven't got that many experts. So right. some should be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it just uh, fell on me. So, and is that your your permanent job, or do you are you commentator uh, on other other sports as well? Or it, it's only biathlon and cross country skiing. Uh, I'm a high school teacher in um, geography and uh, sports science, uh, PE, okay. uh, physical yeah. education. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's my main job. Uh, but in the winter time, I uh, I spend a lot of time on. Yeah, following the World Cup, uh, but but we do it uh, from uh, a, a little box in in Copenhagen. So we just uh, lock ourselves in, and uh, and then we sit there for some hours and uh, and talk, and uh, and I like get back to uh, yeah doing some papers and, uh, and feedback <laughs> yeah, yeah, from yeah. students. So, yeah. yeah. Well, how do you do that? I mean, do you guys have classes uh, Monday through Friday, I would assume, and then with the races being on Thursdays and Fridays as well, how, do, how yeah. does that work out? I have um, some good um, leaders to, yeah, I, my schedule, so so to speak, is, is kind of flexible uh, and mm -hmm. I can flex and they work a lot from August till November. And then I can uh, skip or move around some of the classes. So um, I can get another teacher in and fill in for me. And then I can take another class at another time. So it's, um, yeah, in high school, it's very flexible uh, at my place. Uh, so, and I've done it for 10 years and uh, there's... Um, no students uh, gets uh, mixed in, so it, it's it's working quite well, I guess. So, so how you've many been doing students it have come out of school? So, sorry, John. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say you've been doing it since 2010. You mentioned the uh, the the rapid expansion and in interest in biathlon in Denmark over that period. So we should give you credit for that, right? Um, some of it, uh, I hope <laughs> so, uh, but. I th we have some very good uh, volunteers and some guys working very hard for, um, yeah, training. Uh, and um, yeah, we have uh, a sports manager, I think uh, we could call him, uh, Christian Borg. Uh, he, he could be on this show as well because he, he knows a lot uh, and is inside uh, IBU and part of this uh, development program uh, for small nations. Uh, and we have this, we're trying to build some um, some co-work between Denmark and Sweden and Denmark and Germany. So, and IPU is very welcoming about um, small nations uh, doing contacts with bigger nations. So the right. big nation, it's like uh, Robin Hood, uh, you know, where, where the, the big guys uh, gives to the smaller ones. Uh, right. And that's the philosophy of IBU. And, and that's uh, what could bring Denmark and smaller nations uh, towards um, yeah, forward in this sport. Right. No, I was going to ask um, how many kids in the last 10 years that you teach in your high school have gone on to become a, a biathlete? 
Um, none. <laughs> but but I do. I have a class set of roller skis. Nice. I bought in for, and I have uh, I um, laser rifles. Um, oh wow! I are um, rifles, so uh, it's in, uh, infrared yeah, uh, yeah. lights, and then and I do this for all my students. So we have a. A subject called by by uh, and uh, they can get to the exam and um, show skills on roller ski and shooting. So nice. I try to, yeah, do it as much as possible, and uh, I do it for some, yeah, the local athletic club. I bring all these rifles uh, to the stadium, and we do running and shooting. But but the difficult part of biathlon is the skiing part. So the best way, and you you know this from Wolfgang Pickler and all these guys, the best way to make a good biathlete is to make a good skier mm. that you learn to shoot. Right. So so and so it's uh, difficult for Danish people not doing skiing and uh, but doing a lot of shooting uh, that then you it's difficult to, to become a good biathlete this way right, uh, right. you have to ski very very much to become a good biathlete yeah 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 and that's also i mean i don't know if you heard that before in a podcast i only started doing biathlon about a year ago and yeah um i i did have some uh quite some experience both roller skiing and cross-country skiing but i can imagine if you start skiing at a later age that that's yeah. pretty much impossible to catch up on the on the big nations that have been on skis yeah. since they were three years old and yeah yeah so not that shooting is easy by any means but uh, no 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 but but it's it's easier to learn you can yeah. see um yeah, Stina Nilsson is a great example. Uh, Lampich, uh, this yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, so so there's a lot of changes right now from cross country skiing to a biathlon, uh, and you can do it in in a later age if mm-hmm. you are a good skier. So, yeah, yeah. and that's um, Makarainen was is, is the same story. She started when she was twenty. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 but uh, yeah. And do you, do you feel, um, um, what, what's the, the biggest hurdle for people to get into biathlon if they have that interest in skiing? Is it the price of the rifle, would you say, or is it something that you can provide as a yeah. Danish biathlon group or? Yeah. Um, because of the great tradition in Denmark for shooting, mm-hmm. we have a lot of rifles. Uh, so these caliber 22 uh, rifles, um, biathlon rifles. They, we have a lot of them in Denmark because it's a normal rifle to, to practice shooting. Right. So, so that's not the tricky part. The tricky part is still uh, the combination, um, the, the skiing part, and trying to build f- facilities where you can actually go skiing on roller skis and um, shoot. Uh, so these facilities are difficult to to plan because the the legislation of uh, handling a, a rifle on roller ski is uh, is quite difficult so mm-hmm. we have um yeah uh, yeah actually uh, and that's one of the things that that we have done very good this uh, the, the last couple of years we have made a 
go-kart uh, the track you know for go-karting yep. um and we've just built a um 10 meter air rifle uh, shooting facility so uh, we can go roller skiing on this mm-hmm. go-kart track very very nice asphalt and so uh tarmac so so we go in and, and make our shooting and we can carry the rifle on our back because it's a closed facility and the right. police has just made um yeah special um legislation or what's in permission to, right. to do biathlon with the rifle on our back because it's not um possible anywhere in denmark except police approved right. facilities right. Right. um so and and that's a fun place to train because it's round and technical and and then in and shooting with air rifles it's pretty much the same but it's um, it's a lighter rifle so it's uh, and you know this western wind in denmark is uh, making it quite difficult but <laughs> yeah. it's very good at uh, training uh, for windy conditions right yeah and i like you said earlier, I do believe that, uh, you know, with uh, global warming, et cetera, roller skiing is going to get bigger. And I've yeah. always mm-hmm. already had the, the mindset when I was still in Holland that Holland and, and you know, yeah. a place like Denmark are actually, um, you know, in a favorable place in the sense that there's a lot of flat mm-hmm. land to practice on and there's a lot of bike paths and, and yeah. uh, ways to roller ski without having to go on the main road. Yeah, and that's also why we in Denmark are closer to the elite on roller skis than we are in snow, right. um, because we practice roller skiing much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah, we have a um, have been competing in the World Cup in roller skiing, uh, cross country roller skiing. You know, yeah. so uh, for several years, and we have been. Near the top um, for many years, but um, but now we would like, as well as IBU, to develop this roller skiing biathlon culture uh, much more. So mm-hmm. so it could be a year round, yeah, um, event uh, doing biathlon for sure. Yeah, I can only uh, I can't wait for like Auf Schalke that they do around Christmas to something like that to do that in the summer. Yeah, where you know they do a loop outside and then they come into the stadium, and that, I think that would be fascinating mm-hmm. yeah. to watch. Yeah. But, uh, so and it's like these uh, city events, Wiesbaden in Germany, and uh, yeah, Martin, Martin Vogard in NSE. It's um, some very nice venues because it's sunny. It's uh, mm-hmm. you can do the the sport in shorts, and uh, mm-hmm. you can. Yeah. <laughs> there's just. Not fog and crazy rain in Oberhof. It's uh, very nice uh, to do the, the sport like this in, instead of um, very bad weather in mm-hmm. uh, in summer venues mm-hmm. in, in the World Cup. Yeah, or the minus uh, nineteen they had in China. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Jordan. Well, uh, I was gonna say you you mentioned earlier that uh, you were uh, developing the Danish national championships. Um, yeah. when, uh, how far along are those plans? When are you guys planning on, on doing it? Uh, we have done the, the Danish championships. Uh, oh, I apologize. I, I missed that. But, but it was, uh, yeah, on, on snow and it was in Sweden. So we, we make the Danish championships in Norway or Sweden because we haven't got any snow in Denmark. And that's the tricky part of becoming a biathlete. You have to travel a lot. 
uh, or to make a lot of roller skiing. Um, so, so that's uh, but but in it was in week five uh, this year we we made the 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 first unofficial Danish championships on snow biathlon, and that was um, a historic moment. Uh, <laughs> 30 participants and uh, a lot of shooting and uh, we got a lot of help from the the, the Swedish uh, organization and uh, the, the, the Swedish um, shooting, uh, yeah, biathlon in, in, mm-hmm. in Swedish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and that's maybe the way for Denmark to develop it even more is to, yeah, co- cooperate with, with Sweden a lot. Um yeah. And and the south the southern Sweden is similar to Denmark, and they want to develop uh, as well, and they also use a lot of roller skiing. So it's natural for us just to go mm-hmm. over uh, the mm-hmm. sea and then um, do some camps together, and and this way we can learn from from each other. Yeah. Any uh, summer biathlon championships for Denmark coming up soon? Um, we have uh, uh, the summer roller skiing cup, uh, the Danish championships. Uh, actually, it's uh, next Saturday, uh, next Sunday, I think. Okay. The f- the nineteenth, uh, we have the Danish championship in roller skiing, but okay. but not uh, with the rifle on on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, in September we have another Danish championships. It's uh, it's separated in the short distance and the long distance. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, and then we have uh, the, the Danish championships in biathlon, but it's running and shooting. Okay. Uh, oh. So, so we have these competitions to to look forward to. But yeah. I'm mostly looking looking forward to uh, Rupolding and uh, the yeah. World Summer, the World Championships in in Summer Biathlon in August. Uh, How are you going to combine broadcasting with participating? Uh, but I, I'm not broadcasting this one uh, because TV Two has not the the, the rights for okay. uh, for this one. So yeah. maybe Eurosport. I don't know. Uh, they they usually send uh, this um, this event, the okay. Summer Biathlon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be crazy. Uh, the, the German team has said that they all are, are coming that, to yeah. Rupolding. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the the Wiesbaden City Biathlon yeah just got cancelled because of the World Championships in Rupolding. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that's that that means that the German team are heading towards the the championships. And yeah. the only mistake they made was that they planned the uh, German national championships for roller skiing biathlon the same weekend as uh martin Foucault, uh oh. nordic what is it yeah. nordic party or something uh, like that nordic festival, festival yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so, uh, so okay it's too bad but yeah okay yeah. um now did you say you were gonna you were going to be competing this year yeah that's awesome so uh who who all is it anybody else coming from denmark with you yeah, we have uh, the guys uh, doing the IBU Cup in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Joachim Viel Rosbo, uh, Jacob Viel Rosbo. And um, we have, I hope we have some uh, a girl called uh, Leonora. Um, but she's starting in high school uh, in a uh, ski gymnasium, ski skiing high school in Sweden. Nice. Uh, so she's moving to Sweden this August. Mm-hmm. And maybe the school won't let her, uh, yeah, 
because it's starting in our in August and maybe okay. the the social thing about um, being at the school in the start mm-hmm. is more important than uh, participating. But she's a youth, so she's she's gonna be the youngest girl there. Um, but uh, and then we have some youth guys uh, participating as well. So it's gonna be the the biggest team. Uh, ever uh, from Denmark, uh, five uh, folks. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the small things, uh, but it's uh, so we are in it for experience and yeah. to develop and to give feedback and give. Uh, this is the way we can do it. We every time we are at a competition, we are learning. So it's mm-hmm. just like how to do the searing, how to do the mm-hmm. warm up, how to do the, the, um, yeah, the, the glide into the range. So mm-hmm. everything is for learning to give feedback to the guys, um, in the future. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it must be so exciting for, uh, younger athletes to actually see the big stars and, to, to just watch them and uh, yeah from that you learn a lot I'm sure yeah and that's why we we, we bring youth um, girls and boys just mm-hmm. we know that they're gonna be the last ones on the result list but it doesn't matter if right. if we if if it's in it for the learning uh, process um, yeah yeah oh, that's great um, we're going to move forward a little bit, unless Jordan, you had some more questions for this part. Uh, I, I do. I'm actually going to hold them because I'm hoping that we're going to talk to Christian a little bit later in the summer, closer to the championships, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I will hold on to him until then. Okay. Yodley. So we're going to do a couple of general questions. Um, if you've heard of the podcast, you probably, uh, know some of them. Um, but if it wasn't biathlon, what sport would you do or follow, you think? Um, maybe I would follow or do cycling, uh, road cycling. Uh, I It's a huge part of the training in Denmark as right. a biathlete or whatever. Um, in Denmark, cycling is the one of the biggest uh, endurance sports. Uh, okay. We have a lot of yeah, we have uh, some uh, some guys mm-hmm. doing very well in Tour de France and mm-hmm. all these, um, yeah, and the the World Championships and so so cycling, I guess, but also running. Um, not that I'm good, but I really love running five k. <laughs> I've done this today um, at a track and field event. Okay. Just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. full speed if five. Uh, Five kilometers uh, on the track. It's very nice. nice. How did it go today? Um, it went uh, okay. It was sixteen oh nine. So it's uh, okay. It was solo running because uh, today there were no, um, yeah, nobody with the same pace. <laughs> mm, right. Yeah, sixteen oh nine. You would have smoked me. <laughs> <laughs> So I probably would have made it about a kilometer or so. <laughs> <laughs> what does that work out to pacing wise? It's like, yeah, it, per kil per kilometer, it's a three fourteen, okay. I guess, or three yeah. thirteen, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have you would have blasted me. 
by, by a good couple of minutes. I would have been one of the slow ones back there that you were running away from. Uh, it's so nice with sport that it's all relative, right? Because the, the few chats I had with Jordan about running, I always pictured him as super fast. And now I realize that there's oh. people that are super, super fast. So yes, always relative. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm relatively fast, uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll run, we have a couple of like half marathons and things that we do around here. And like, I'm always like in the, in further up towards the, towards the front, but they're always a handful of guys who the, uh, usually like it'll go, uh, it's pretty much like a, there's like a loop, but there's like a place where you go out and back. And when we hit that point, there'll be guys coming back towards me. And in order to be coming back towards me, they're like two miles ahead of me. And I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There are some super crazy fast guys out there. Yeah. It's like, all right, I, no matter what I do, I'm never going to be that fast. So I'm just going to go out here and enjoy it. <laughs> I was when, uh, in biathlon races, there's, there's some sections where they just have to make up for the, for the distance and you have those loops with the hairpin and then backwards. That must be so demolishing for your mind when you, you know, you're pushing really hard and then you see a guy that's yeah. going the other way already. And, uh, yeah. you still have that whole stretch to go. Yeah. You see JC yeah. going the other direction. Yeah. 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 Um, the next question is, uh, and, and a lot of people struggle with this one, but, uh, we'll see how you do. Um, if you could combine two sports, but obviously not biathlon, can you think of any alternative for biathlon? Uh, I actually uh, thought about this one for some years ago, uh, when somebody else asked me this, uh, and I, I, I think I mentioned a chess and stair running, uh, so running <laughs> up the stairs and doing chess on on the top of the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's uh, kind of like you have this tactical and mental uh, thing combined with just endurance and exhaustion, and and that's the crazy part um, because of this fine uh, motor movement on the rifle. This tiny little push you have to do with your finger yeah. on the exact right moment in the standing shooting and it's windy and your pulse is high that's crazy and then the skiing is uh, absolutely fantastic technical stuff in the downhills so maybe staircase running isn't that uh, yeah that's hard uh, combined uh, compared to uh, to cross-country skiing but but the the chess play, I guess, could could uh, could do something. Um, chess yeah, and, and staircase running. Yeah, and that is the 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 best that anybody has answered that question yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I, yeah, I thought Eggels uh, was pretty good. He did uh, Nordic combined, or yeah, Nordic combined. But oh, I yeah. mean, you know, ski to jumping is still on the skis. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and well, we, and also he did Nordic combined. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, you sort of already have a built-in answer for this, but if uh, you know if if suddenly the the biathlon just stopped existing, so there's no more IBU, there's no more biathlon, uh, you know, what job would you be doing? Oh yeah, I'm a high school teacher. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's. Um, yeah. I don't know what I will be doing in the wintertime because I, I would be cross-country skiing uh, mm -hmm. in the fields of Norway. Um, so that 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 that's the thing. It's the beauty of the nature, the snow, the white. Um, yeah, that's that's the part I, I actually love uh, the most in the training. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So, a uh, uh, sort of related question: uh, when you were when you were young, when you were growing up, um, was there something that you dreamed of being? Um, no, I dreamt of being um, a cross country skier. Skier. Okay. Um, because by Athlan was wasn't anything. It wasn't mm-hmm. uh, in Denmark uh, at, uh, when I was young. So that's why all of us, uh, I'm, I'm 37, so all of us comes from cross-country skiing. All of the Danish guys and the Danish girls are coming from cross-country skiing because that's the thing you do in Denmark. Right. But that's turning around now. Um, and we have some good kids uh, um yeah, but um, yeah, was, did I answer? I don't know. <laughs> you sure did. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, what you said uh, earlier that that uh, shooting is such a part of the Danish culture that's really helpful, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, yes. I see it here in Canada too, where uh, depending on where you are, but that hunting is a pretty common um, pastime in, in Canada. So, yeah, I think if you don't have that in your your nation nation's culture, then shooting becomes really hard. Yeah, but 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 actually, that that's one of the things we are also trying to develop. Is it could we develop some knowledge from all this shooting in Denmark for all these shooting clubs, um, and and yeah, take some of the knowledge and uh, and put into our cross country skiing buddies, uh, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can mixture the 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 tradition from the Danish. Yeah, a shooting tradition, and um, and then the the training on the skis. Um, right. Yeah, but but the tradition of hunting and shooting is mostly and um, no offense to the shooting guys in Denmark, but it's um, you know with a with a belly uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they they actually don't like running. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> uh, but but. I think they see what biathlon can do for the sport, for the shooting sport as well. Uh, right. So I guess they also get, get more members in the shooting clubs because of biathlon mm. on the TV. Right. Uh, so maybe we therefore should work uh, even closer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I think what I was thinking more when I said uh, when it's part of the culture is, um, like I said, growing up in Holland, hunting is not really part of the culture and then there's a lot of people that frown when you talk about shooting and like you said because of the the culture in Denmark there are a lot of rifles available so that's never an issue where in Holland you know there I think the the king of Holland and his family shoot every now and then but that's about it so and the the people that have that as an occupation so I think that's good um, so you talked a little bit already about, uh, what you do for say a world cup week when it happens. So, uh, you lock yourself in a room in Copenhagen and, and, uh, and you record, you broadcast, um, so you do live commentary, but you, you also do some analysis on TV. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, afterwards or before the show starts, before the World Cup starts, we um, make some analysis and we use some of your uh, statistics uh, and 
real biathlon or all the other guys are very good at uh, yeah, the, the the twitter community uh we share a lot of uh, stories and mm. and knowledge and and i use it all um make some some graphs about the development of this particular competition at the olympics uh, let's see how the yeah the development of the Actually, the relay, the men's relay, how it developed through the competition and mm-hmm. used the statistics of uh, each round uh, and the speed and so on. Right, right. Yeah. So and um, so and that's the part that that's the my main role is to give knowledge of to yeah make the the audience that the. the wiser about mm-hmm. biathlon so it's even more fun to watch so it's not just exciting because biathlon is exciting but it's it, it it's to become more analytic when you watch the biathlon yeah 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 and i liked on the canadian broadcasting with the olympics that they actually hardly ever talked about the targets itself but they always refer to the grapefruit and uh i think a pear they used just to sort of give people an understanding what what yeah. you're shooting at and then so so many people that i talk to about shooting in biathlon when i say there's no scope on it they're like what i never yeah. <laughs> how is that even possible you know so it, it really puts it in different perspective because in a lot of people's mind when they think of shooting and, and cross-country skiing they're, they think of this massive scopes and it's like oh it's only 50 meters how hard can that be but it's uh yeah yeah and that's a um, one of the main goals is to yeah uh, to communicate um, mm-hmm. those small things that they can watch and look for. Um, so when some, yeah, when Hannah Uberg gets into range, what is she looking at? Uh, why, how does she do the analysis of the wind flag and so mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. So, um, and so, so the, it gives the spectators some more, yeah, knowledge about what they're seeing. Right. Well, that's great. Now, uh, you, going back to uh, you being in a little box in Copenhagen. Um, now, have you have you been to all the venues? I mean, that might be a silly question, but. Uh... No, yeah, we've been to Oslo and Holmikon and um, for the World Championships mm-hmm. in 2016. Uh, we did that live on site. Um, oh, nice. And it was um, a I ask the the boss uh, so it, it because it's the crazy uh, Colin Boylet, uh, you know this raw uh, coming into the stadium is it's it's called the Colin uh, Holmer Colin Boylet and the raw so and that's the crazy thing about being on the side you can feel this atmosphere uh, and I ask kindly if we could go there. <laughs> but uh, and 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 we got got it. But I think and I hope, cross my fingers, that we're gonna be sent to Oberhof uh, mm-hmm. this, this winter at the World Championships. Um, but uh, mostly they want us to to be at home because then we can do these before shows and after mm-hmm. shows in a studio and do some more analytics. And um, and that's I I understand them because mm-hmm. it's good yep. show <laughs> yeah it's yeah. good but i would really like to go to more venues um yeah but 
Uh, competing myself, I've only been to uh, yeah, I've been to uh, Minsk, uh, Raubici, uh, mm-hmm. and Novomesto, uh, and those um, because of the Summer World uh, mm-hmm. Championships uh, in biathlon. So, so of the venues, what would be top on your list? Uh, uh, venues that you have not been to. I've not been to. Um, not been to. Uh, yeah. Ah, oh, I don't know. Um, Maybe. I guess everybody says Antholz, but <laughs> um, everybody loves Antholz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but that's the yeah that's the easy answer. Um, the one I love the most, I, I I'm sure I'm gonna love Rupolding uh, mm-hmm. this summer um, because also the the um, the range is quite easy. So I hope to shoot better than i'm used to i i'm always the the, the best guy in the penalty loop so i am uh, so so i hope that rupaulding because of the easy range entrance it can help me uh be a bit better shooter do you mind explaining that real quick uh i don't know if everybody knows but why rupaulding is is considered to be so much easier on the on the range yeah, the entrance uh, from the top of the um, the track it goes almost downhill towards the um, the shooting range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, so when you enter, it's only flat after a long downhill. So you're going in in tuck position and going downhill, and you can breathe a lot. And when you come into the stadium, um, the it's almost flat and it's easy going. Um, and it's sighted, so the wind is almost um, zero. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, it's so good shooting. You, you saw, you see it every year. Uh, I, I did some statistics some years ago that uh, Rupolding is one of the best uh, places of shooting. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the sprints some years ago maybe i can find this uh, in my uh, notes but um 23 or 24 uh, of the best uh, in the sprint in the 10k for the men uh, all did um, as a zero mm-hmm. uh, yep. so so zero misses and that's huge so yeah. one third of the the whole <laughs> uh, field uh, did a clean shooting and that's rupaulding when it's best. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy because it's downhill, flat, mm-hmm. and the wind is almost zero. It's a perfect setup. Yeah. Well, um, fingers crossed that when you get there, uh, you know that you have uh, you have <laughs> good shooting. Yeah. The downside to that is there's no excuses, right? So ah, yeah. <laughs> can't hide behind the wind. Can hide behind the the tough yeah. getting in there. So yeah. Um, we have talked on our podcast about the the uniqueness of the biathlon family. Um, what is your perspective on that? And and do you have an idea of why that is? Uh, yeah, I, I, I said it before and I called it Robin Hood, uh, Robin Hood, you know, and, and that's the main family part. I think uh, that everyone takes care of each other and there's this, from the big nations you give and give your knowledge to the smaller nations we can feel it when we are out there because um, there's a lot of help and ipu is is pushing that way um 
and and I think that's some of the family feeling. Uh, and you have when you're on side, when you're at the World Cups or at the World Championships, or whatever, you, there is this family club. So you, mm-hmm. you enter a room that's called family club. So it, it is there. Uh, so w- we all eat the same place. Uh, mm-hmm. We all, yeah, make the same training at the same times uh, next to the, to each other. And, and that's, so you can learn much more than you do in cross country skiing when you're out there on your own training yeah. whenever you want. Uh, mm-hmm. But, and, and I think some of the development processes uh, that's going on right now in IBU when this cooperation between a a smaller nation and a bigger nation and that's also part of this family um, tradition in biathlon and why that is I don't know but it's it's the part of the history of biathlon it it is um, you are together but I, Mm -hmm. I don't know when it developed into this, but uh, it's a very good strategic move from IBU in back in the days because it's been here for a lot of years, this yeah. family feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wonder if it has to do with being a small sport in the majority of nations, especially when you talk 20 years back. Biathlon has come a long way, but it, I don't think other than maybe Germany and a, and a couple of other countries, it's never been a, a big sport, right? So I think there's a lot of desire to share with with other nations. And I I don't know, from, from the people we've talked to and some other people I talked to that have been in biathlon quite a long time is, um, it seems like the large nations like Norway, Germany, et cetera, have, a, have an understanding that they couldn't do what they're doing without the small ones, right? So there's that need to develop the smaller nations and to, to you know, keep them in existence um, because otherwise there wouldn't be an interesting World Cup and an exciting uh, athletic environment. Yeah, yeah, and you can see that if you compare it to cross-country skiing where, where you right now you have Norway and Russia, mm-hmm. two nations competing against each other. And in cross-country skiing, we have... A ten different nations in the ten first spots on the result mm-hmm. list. So that's just spread out to, to the world, um, and that's maybe the success of biathlon because it's worldwide right now. Um, yeah, and and I see that I've just heard some news from IBU uh, last week. I think that they are uh, encouraging smaller nations. Because they want more members because they can see that it's important to get the small nations and a lot of members going uh, to, to develop this sport um, and keep it moving. So mm-hmm. it's not becoming the best, only Norway against Sweden mm-hmm. or the, 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 the typical stuff in, in winter sports. Um, and and um, so actually IBU um, also talked to Denmark uh, about our knowledge about using those IR rifles uh, for children. So uh, what's our experience about using these uh, laser laser rifles um, for developing um, mm-hmm. new, nations new because it's um totally um it, it's without any danger at all because it's right. uh, just like a remote control you know yeah. so mm-hmm. it, there's any not anything uh, harm uh, about this so these rifles you can use um as a training for um 
I don't know, uh, kids in first grade. So you yeah. can do biathlon with child, with uh, little children. Um, uh, and and IBU asked about our experience about developing this um, and and if it's possible to bring this up to to speed so other nations could do the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I I hope that because uh, they're they're not cheap either, right? Those uh, IR oh, rifles. No. So I hope that they're going to drop a little bit, and that will definitely yeah, help and, and, help it and make that's, it accessible. Yeah, and that's uh, IBU's goal. So if they give, I, I can't remember the number, uh, twenty thousand euros, you have to uh, your own uh, deliver um, twenty thousand euros. So you can buy a lot of stuff, uh, but but it's a one-to-one uh, in right. investment. Um, right. But it could help us as a small nation like Denmark. So we could have the capability of going out to every school in Denmark and yeah. do biathlon when it's running and shooting and maybe develop some skills into this program. Right. And it Absolutely. avoids that issue you mentioned earlier about, you know, did you can't really do it without permission from the police where laser guns yeah. is yeah. probably a lot yeah. easier. Cause I know here in, in, uh, in Calgary, one of the reasons they use them is that they can actually use them in, in the city, yeah. right. Where yeah. we don't have yeah. bi- biathlon facilities in Calgary. So. Yeah. So, I use it everywhere on the yeah. street and I don't know, in the park and for, yeah, for a lot of different, uh, companies, uh, we can do this. Um, so, it's it's a way of spreading biathlon out, right? Yeah. I have to be honest. Uh, you guys talking about not being able to use guns in different uh, areas, I and mean, I'm not trying to get political, but like it is so foreign to me because uh, it's just a, it's a totally different culture here. So I, it's just fascinating for me listening to you guys talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I just when you said that, I had this vision of of a you know a true American cowboy standing on yeah. a biathlon range and, and doing a, a, a quick draw to the target. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure we could find someone to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could also go to Antals and see Lucas Hofa in a Superman hero uh, <laughs> yes, costume. Yes. Uh, so it's it's uh, out there, the funny yeah. costumes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's an idea for, <laughs> for some summer biathlon somewhere. Just... Uh, like a, a Halloween, uh, like October uh, time frame, you know. Yeah. <sighs> Speaking of uh, of of uh, just sort of silliness, but um, uh, uh, are there any um, you know just people that uh, in biathlon, so the be they uh, athletes, coaches, journalists, analysts uh, that are just particularly really good, are really fun to to hang out with, to 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 get dinner with, to to have a beer with, or that just to have a chat with. Is is uh, uh, in Denmark or, or in in for, anywhere? For this can be this can be uh, anywhere anywhere that you have uh, run into people. Yeah, um, I have a, a good friend, uh, our friend Ivana uh, Ivana Nishkolskaya. Uh, so I met her at the, the summer biathlon World Cups, um, uh, World Championships. And she's a very good. She's also a writer for for IBU and does some of the um, the interviews for mm-hmm. the magazines and so on. And she's very cool. Um, and she's very cool to hang out with. And 
with another a lot of knowledge about uh, biathlon and she's following it, it very uh, straight she's um russian and lives in austria i think mm. but um, she, she's following the world cup and and she's very nice to hang out with uh, a journalist that it's that and she's yeah she's she's very cool um but I would like to hang out with, uh, I think, the Twitter guy, uh, Biathlon23. Uh, uh, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that could be one of the guys that, that could be cool to hang out with. Um, yeah. Or uh, Brian Helligan, I think, yeah. is also mm-hmm. quite cool. Uh, just watching him uh, and his knowledge about uh, Biathlon. Um, yeah. she, he's a cool guy as well, I think. And I would like to get a, a, a beer with him. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you can make that happen. I don't know uh, what his plans are right now, but hopefully he'll be he'll be over in that direction sometime soon. Um, if you could add a special bib to the World Cup races, what color would you make it, and uh, what would it represent? Oh, the best shooter. Um, so the best um, shooter in percentage, and it should. Uh, the color of the bib, um, something with with uh, precision. I don't know. Um, or just could be a bib with a target on it, or yeah, yeah, a bib with a target on it. Yeah, yeah. and just uh, the 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 best uh, man and woman in the field right now with the highest percentage of uh, hits, and and maybe that could be cool as well uh, for the 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 fastest guy and girl in in. Mm. in in the field, like Simoneta, he he would have this jersey all the way, uh, all year round, uh, both with the highest percentage and the fastest uh, shooter. Yeah, um, that could be cool. Um, yeah, so that could be a fun just to have this, um, yeah, extra bib on on the mm-hmm. shoe, or maybe a patch on the shoulder or something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um. If you could trade your life uh, with any person on the on the World Cup for a day, who would you pick? Oh, uh, I I must say uh, Vera, uh, daughter of Vera. Uh, I think huh. it must be crazy fun to be uh, where she is. She's just smiling and enjoying life uh, all the time mm-hmm. and she does really enjoy chocolate and uh, and wine so uh, <laughs> and that could be fun as well uh, to, <laughs> to have this kind of life i i i guess it, it could be fun to to be in in her shoes mm-hmm. uh, for a day um yeah maybe yeah it's a good example it's uh i I always see her as one of the first true superstars in biathlon yeah 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 Yeah, she's kind of like kind of like rock and roll ish i don't know uh, Mm -hmm. um and uh, and also bringing this smile and this um yeah yeah, funniness into the sport Uh, so it's not that serious it's not um the Best is not the best way is not to live like a monk or something like that. It, it's to enjoying life. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a great answer. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I, I think a lot of people have mentioned her as uh, as you know, just sort of somebody who uh, seems to be very. Um, I don't know if this is an American phrase, but very comfortable in her own skin. 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know, very happy just being herself and and enjoying life. So, um, yeah, that's that's a really good answer. Yeah, or or it should have been uh, Eric Lesser because uh, the most sympathetic, uh, some, yeah, the best guy in the field. Um, all the things he did the the, the last season here. Mm-hmm. For, um, yeah, he's just been an amazing uh, figure in in biathlon. Um, yeah. So it could be nice to to be him <laughs> for the yeah yeah no especially doubt. those those last few weeks where he was just sort of letting it all go it was crazy crazy man it was the best history in in <laughs> in the broadcast in the broadcasting it was just this iglesia is more uh, <laughs> he was outstanding um yeah so well, we did talk a lot about Iglesias uh, the last couple of yeah. weeks. Yeah. How could you not? I, we were talking about him at the end. You know, it's amazing he got the win, and and we were we were both you know sentimentally hoping it would happen, but we didn't. I mean, how could you have ever predicted that? But then, like, was it the last race? He's like he's like waving at the crowd like halfway through the race and just like having a blast and and loving it out there. So, yeah, yeah. that was just uh, he was he was just he was having too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm fortunate enough to to understand German well enough that I can listen to his podcast too with uh, Arndt Pfeiffer, and yeah. even there, he's just uh, just a very interesting and and engaging character. So yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Good. For yeah, him. I'm, I'm also practicing German uh, German in listening to uh, Doppelzimmer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's a fun podcast. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, working with the working with the Swedish team, um, and uh, they seem to be um, pretty helpful uh, with uh, with Lucas Hofer going and and training with them a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that there are certain uh, certain nations who are just more more helpful, um, and not that not that some nations are not helpful, but just there are some who sort of like really open their doors, really go out of the way to be uh, uh, helping out the the smaller developing countries. Yeah, I from our perspective, it it, it is uh, Sweden and and Germany that uh, are helping the most. Um, I know f- from Ukalek that uh, the the Norwegian uh, national U twenty three team has she has been a part of that team, so she's been following the the national team as well so that's also some openness uh from their from her perspective um but but i think it's just the the common thing in biathlon that everybody helps each other um mm-hmm. uh, you see it every time on the shooting range when um the Japanese trainer helps the um, Slovenian guys or something something in uh, in every yeah, actually, also the the yeah, Ukalik got help from from many nations during Olympics. Um, so so it's that's that's how you do it. Uh, so I can't point at any nation that's bad at it, um, yeah. um, but I can point at at many nations that uh, that are really helpful for uh, yeah for the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh, any sense on on? Uh, what information is shared between the different wax teams of, of different nations, or is that still the part that's kind of secretive and yeah, a bit more isolated? That's, yeah, that is the the game, and it's because it is so extremely important. Yeah, 
it's so difficult for us to explain um, how important the skis are. It's yeah. crazy, man. So when I stand on the start line in a 10K race, maybe I'm one and a half minute behind already at the start just because of the equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a massive, um, yeah, um, importance. And actually in Norway, they've done the PhD um, as a, about this. So yeah. it, it is that big of a deal. And in Sweden right now, uh, Hans Krista Holmberg, he's mm-hmm. one of the best guys of cross-country skiing uh, as a scientist. He's uh, doing a, a, a big program right now to develop uh, and to mm, not to develop to to investigate what is the best way of mm-hmm. waxing and what's the best structure and what's the best kind of snow to this and this and this and how do you select the best ski so there's there's the um, the quantity of how many skis do you have to choose yeah. from and then you have some guys to do this uh, with you to choose the best ones. Then you probably end up having five good pairs of skis to this kind of snow today. And then you have to test different structures on the, these skis to find the best structure of the best skis. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find the best wax to the best structure. And maybe... It turns around just before the start, uh, and then you have um, wind coming in, or you have uh, the moist in the snow, and then you have it's a, it's it, it ends up uh, ends up as rocket science in some way, and and that's that's what I love about roller skiing. <laughs> that's, yeah, I was thinking about your comment that you made earlier about the nice thing with roller skiing: everybody starts even. But yeah. I also even if you would basically go to say a fisher and say give everybody the same ski just adjust the height to their body length it's still even if you would wax them all the same put the same structure on it's not the you're not to to be compared to giving people the same roller ski because it's just yeah body weight kind of thing is just so impactful on on the type of ski as well yeah and and the 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 the, the type of skiing person you are yeah. uh, also should match the type of ski you choose. Yeah. So the way you do the skiing is important of your, of the choosing of the ski. Yeah. And that's, um, that's even trickier. So if, if you have a lot of guys wax in a huge wax team, uh, you can help uh, choose the best skis. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have uh, a lot of guys helping you, you you're stuck on your own. And yeah. that's yeah. and and I that's one of the things that we have the the last year we got a lot of help from Germany uh, right. in in waxing the skis from for Joachim and Jakob, uh, the guys doing the IBU Cup. Yeah. So so they had good material, but still. We are set with a smaller quantity of, of, of skiing to choose from. Right. Yeah. But that it's a part of skiing. So uh, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. grown up in this as a kind of sport. So it's natural for us to be frustrated. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes you get 
the best skis in the field, uh, but it's uh, one in a thousand, I think, uh, for a Danish guy to have this. <laughs> yeah. I think I've had one race in uh, Torsby in, in Sweden for 20 years ago where I was I, I had the best skis of the day. Nice. Um, so, and it was the best race of my career, uh, result-wise, because of the skis. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy to think of. Yeah. As a commentator and and watching this unfold, like how frustrating is that when when you can see somebody who's clearly struggling with the skis and you can just like watch it happen? I mean, because you have that personal experience with it. Mm, yeah, it, it is, uh, and I try not to talk that much about it but i have to mention it when it's obvious uh but i think a lot of people because it's so hard to explain doing uh, a cross uh, biathlon competition mm-hmm. um it, it, because there's so much action going on you can't um you can't have time to explain uh, why it is uh, the way it is um, with uh, with some skis going slower than others, mm-hmm. but we talk a lot about it when we commentate on cross country skiing because uh, we have a lot more time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 there's not that uh, range going on uh, every uh, yeah three minutes. So yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jordan, did you have any other questions before we move on to the analytics questions? That's actually what I was waiting for. I really want to hear this part. Okay. Yodley! The stat of the week. You you mentioned a little bit about this already, but um, so first question is: Do you use data and analytics to track performance, make changes? Uh, you mentioned you use it to sort of demonstrate certain aspects of biathlon. Um, what's your you know your appreciation for for analytics, or or how do you value it, and what do you see yeah. where it goes, and that kind of thing? Yeah, I I really love uh, all the stuff that you do. Um, it's um, putting everything into perspective, and you can uh, just like the thing you did. Um, I don't know, some weeks ago, or uh, maybe it's more, uh, but about all the ages. Uh, what at what age do you peak your mm-hmm. performance? Uh, it was some something that we all sort of know, but it's kind of like nice to have this um, scientific uh, statistic way of putting it that um, studies show or your analytics show that the the peak of performance should be in your start 30s or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I really appreciate using uh, this stuff because I think it gives... Um, yeah, the viewers um, a, a good perspective. So we mentioned the the shooting uh, percentage from uh, some of the athletes doing the broadcasting, and we mentioned the the ski speed from the last competition. Who is the strongest right now? So we use the 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 data from the IBU and from you guys um, to show who is informed right now. Um, just like uh, Jordan's um, the, the state of who's in shape yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so it's, we use a lot of, of, of what is out there to, um, to, to cherry pick, I don't know. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, to, to inform um, better on uh, the development of the races. Yeah. And I think uh, I really hope that the, that 
the IBU will will keep developing on that too because I see so much potential for uh, overlay technology like uh, ski speed on downhills. Uh, you know wh when you see the targets when somebody is shooting, why not their season average on prone or standing shooting above it or mm -hmm. yeah. um, just to in, like you said inform the audience so that they have a better idea of what's going on and and you know how that that one moment performance relates to their season average and that kind of thing so yeah um, yeah that, that uh, and i think it could be um i don't know if it in in the future it could be interactive so you can choose what you want to mm. see uh from from the athletes i would like to see uh, because pulse uh, you know the heart rate is okay. so important in in this and it's one of the things that that people um, is more um, is, is very excited about when watching biathlon. It's the high high uh, heart rate and shooting yeah. and seeing what the heart rate is like out on on the track when it's nearly uh, ninety two or something percent of the max mm -hmm. uh, high heart rate, and then coming into uh, range and what what is what is the heart rate doing uh, doing shooting um some of those things could be cool as well just to have on uh, on the screen um absolutely to get people you know uh, um even more information but but also statistics of uh, how are they doing right now uh, the last five competitions um the the, the average uh, yeah, shooting percentage yeah um, do you, do are you aware of any teams that have like an analytical person on their team to, to analyze performances and that kind of, I always assume that nations like Germany and, and Norway would have at least somebody sort of dedicated to mulling over the data and providing reports, but I have no idea. Mm, I, I actually don't know. Um, I, I think from what I've heard from all the the stars um they yeah i don't know i, I think they use it more or less than we guys do <laughs> so yeah. i think um a lot of the stars just it, they're just doing biathlon and mm -hmm. they're not into yeah. statistics and they're not into how many races have they won uh right. because it doesn't matter it it's it, being where you are right now doing a competition and setting up. So um, I think when you ask um, Johannes uh, Bo, how many races have you won? He, he can't answer. I, I, I bet he yeah. can't. Um, and, and maybe he doesn't know what his percentage of shooting was last year. I, I, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I think we use it a lot, and and smaller nations use it a lot because it's a way of developing. Yeah. So seeing your progress year from year, mm -hmm. but Johannes Berry and the Norwegian guys aren't into development; they are just into winning. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's a little bit easier if you have twenty do yeah. twenty kids knocking at the door to make make the national team, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. Because I I don't know I uh, I always compared a little bit to where for example, hockey was maybe 15 or 20 years ago when, when it was the same thing. Like, why do we need statistics? We can see it with our eyes. And I always emphasize that it's, I, I don't see statistics as, as something that would ever replace what people see with their eyes and feel and, and 
you know, just observe and um, but I do think that, yes, it can confirm certain biases or, or dispute certain biases, and it can um, lead you in different directions. For example, um, just working on, a, on the win expectancy uh, that I published a couple of weeks ago and just seeing if some people maybe always have a really high expectancy at the start of the race, but maybe it, it fades away during the race or maybe the other way around. It, it increases towards the end of the race. So I think that can provide some insight in, in what races are uh, good at and where they maybe need to improve a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it develops over time. But uh, it's, uh, you know, we just talked to uh, Egil Yelland next week or last week. And, uh, you know, I um, I would say he's a bit more of a traditionalist. Mm -hmm. And he, he said exactly that. Like, I, I just look and talk and, and, you know, they tell me how they feel. And that's the most important for me. And I, I who am I to dispute that? Um, but at the same time, if there's some some data that I can show or emphasize certain areas that can use some improvement, I think, yeah, it, it feeds off each other, I would say. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you can uh, you can pick up some confidence. Uh, you can pick up some motivation. You can pick up some of the... Uh, I use uh, Olaina Bjørndalen uh, as a, an example of this um, because he's very he was very good at Picking out what am I going to develop next season? Mm. Where am I, um, yeah, bad, <laughs> so to speak? <laughs> or, 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 um, so and 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 that's the thing about data. And and the, when you look at the result list, uh, it, it there's so much information mm -hmm. uh, on this, um, not on just on the result list, but on this uh, data. A result list so there's much to pick from mm -hmm. uh, and that's what you are doing uh, with with your analytics yeah sorry jordan you were going to ask a question i thought uh no oh i was just going to say that uh, there's a, a certain italian biathlete who might have benefited from listening to to rj but no. <laughs> we, we, we've joked about that a little bit you're thinking lisa yes yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a history as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, that's that point where you're like, you know, yeah, you, you can, you know, I think everybody that's in biathlon can see it's a mental issue because I mean, mm. you know, you don't, you don't lose the ability to shoot well all of a sudden, but then no. yeah, to relate it to what I, what I did in that case to relate it to the speed of the first lap compared to others. Yeah. Um, again, that's just maybe a, an, another direction that you wouldn't have thought of um, mm. if you just look at the, the performances one by one, but yeah, I actually I actually use that part of your uh, Lisa Vitotti part in in a broadcasting, oh, um, cool. saying that that if you look at the first laps uh, in the competitions where she's on her own, uh, she's going too fast, uh, and when it's relays, it's it's more maybe um, and maybe there's also this uh, part of it that she's always one of the best in the relays. Mm -hmm. So she's building up confidence doing the first lap uh, because she's feeling that oh I can compete with those guys and right. I don't know. But yeah, it yeah it's a story on her own because um, yeah it it's I really hope she's coming back to showing what uh, she did in yeah. Three years ago, it's I know. yeah. I think it's now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at least she's she still was so on the, close uh, winning. Yeah, yeah. She she was at least she still is at least on the uh, Olympic development team, I believe it's called. So mm -hmm. she'll be around for a number of years. So mm -hmm. that's good. 
And I actually have read about that she's um, very glad about the the new team constellation, I think, because yeah. she's one of the the experienced ones. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she can bring the new girls, uh, Singerle and uh, the, the, the new girls into this uh yeah, World Cup venues and the experience she has. So, so that's that's a good part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were mentioning uh, using that in your shows. Are those the TV shows that you do, where you talk a little bit about analytics and or you know yeah. just performance in general? Is that available somewhere, or is that just on the? Uh, the I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think that TV two is. Um, yeah, maybe I can get. I don't know where it is. Uh, they actually, and that's a, a sad thing about it, because they, after some weeks, they delete the the mm-hmm. show from the streaming uh, okay. side. Yeah. So we we actually get a lot of complaints right now because the season, this season, mm-hmm. is deleted. Oh, wow. So and there's uh, somebody who wants to see uh, the Olympics again, yeah, because yeah. it was so fun. Ah, uh, oh, let's see the relay or the mix relay or something like that. Uh, the most exciting races from the Olympics, and then it's not possible because it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually don't know where where we can find the old episodes. Uh, old, uh, so I mean, uh, but. It'd just be nice because I, I I think it's awesome yeah. that that for a national audience you explain more about biathlon and I know with YouTube it just automatically uh, can generate subtitles right so uh, even though it's in Danish oh, yeah. you know it would still be good for other people to follow as well so it's, uh, yeah would be worth I I I'm gonna yeah maybe I should record uh, some of the things we are using and then put it on YouTube yeah no it yeah. would be cool for, yeah. for biathlon yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I definitely you should. Yeah, but that's why I recommend using Brian Helligan uh, mm-hmm. for some some of the technical stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I've uh, mentioned him from for all the young guys in in Denmark, so they can use uh, this this fella uh, because he he's explaining it quite well. Very so. well, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, you know, we've talked about this a lot, um, you know, but, uh, you know, as you work towards, um, you know, building up a, a Danish biathlon culture. So where do you see, uh, where do you see Denmark, uh, in, in biathlon in, in the next five, 10 years? I hope to see, um, uh, I, I hope to see a, a steady group that train that, that are training, um, together um, every Monday at the biathlon range and uh, every Tuesday on roller skis and every Saturday on running. And, and I hope that this community of the, um, the steady, stable training together um, could, could be yeah, settled in. So, so we have this yeah, community together. Mm-hmm. And then I hope to see um, yeah, some uh, girls and boys in, in the IBU Cup. And um, in and I actually hope next year we're going to have two guys in a, a, at the World Championships in, in Oberhof. Uh, the, the two Vail Rosbo uh, guys, Joachim and Jacob. So I think they have the potential. They have done almost uh, the... Um, 
yeah, with the what is it called? Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah. To get to to the world championships, you have to deliver certain points, and they have done half of it. So they're ready if they make um, one or two great results uh, this season. Um, so and that's. Um, some good experience to have those guys in front and we know that they end up in in yeah page two or three on the result list but it doesn't matter it, it's because of their experience and what can they bring home to denmark and how could we uh, perform even better in, in the future mm-hmm. and in 10 years i hope we have um uh, a girl in the olympics nice <laughs> so and yeah so, but, and then I just hope that uh, Ukalek is, is, she's still uh, performing and her little brother, Sandra, uh, is quite good as well. Uh, he's mm-hmm. just won uh, some races in, in the Norwich Cup, uh, the, the Norwegian Cup. Um, mm-hmm. So, and he's coming on really strong. He's um, a good, a great shoot and um, skiing quite well. And he's strong and tall. So, so. A good, I think we have a good potential for a single mix, um, a relay team mm-hmm. that is Danish at the Olympics, mm-hmm. but in in heart they are from Greenland. Um, <laughs> but um, but I think at, and that could be already at um, at the twenty six to 26 olympics Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in italy because uh ibu just talked i think it was some days ago two three days ago that that the single mix relay is uh coming on to the program as well Mm um yeah Yeah. also because of all this uh, gender equality and so on so it's it should be there Uh, so so based on your answer if we're that you want a, a girl in the Olympics in, in 10 years from now, that that's then based on the assumption that roller skiing biathlon is going to be part of the summer Olympics because that's in 10 years, right? Oh, that could be <laughs> cool. Um, I think we have thought uh, some, uh, yeah, we, ha- we have then done some fights about it uh, with, with FIS to, to push on to, mm-hmm. to get roller skiing mm-hmm. on the summer program uh, on uh, the Olympics. But but it could be even more cool to have summer biathlon uh, on the summer Olympic mm-hmm. program, um, yeah. and and you could do this. Uh, it's not that difficult. No, <laughs> you have all the venues everywhere, and underneath yeah. the snow, there's uh, great opportunities for uh, for roller skiing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for races, they in many instances they would probably have to widen the the tarmac yeah. but that's pretty much the only thing yeah 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 so so it is it is out there and i think that um, biathlon and ibu could develop into this um yeah i've said it a lot of times now about the year-round sport so mm-hmm. it's not only in the winter time mm. it could be different athletes but it could also be the same athletes just uh, doing uh, um, all the sports uh-huh. yeah yeah um, I, you, you mentioned the single mixed relay coming on, um, RJ and I were talking about this a little bit, uh, last week. Um, do you think that they would just add it to the current schedule or would something else have to come off? Cause it seems like it's a pretty packed couple of weeks. Yeah. And actually by Athlon is 
the most um, yeah has the most uh, disciplines I think <laughs> of, of all the sports. So it's um, they're kind of spoiled uh, already uh, with the coming on and and filling so much in in the in the in the entire program. But um, what should be uh, removed? Oh, that's difficult. Uh, I don't know. Um, you could not remove the uh, the individual because it's how biathlon started. It's the yeah. roots of biathlon. So, uh, and 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 you know, it's called the individual because it was the individual. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was the only one. Mm-hmm. And then you have this team uh, team discipline. It was called uh, earlier and and the relay. So if you should move. Oh, I don't. You could not move anything. I know <laughs> that's that, yeah, that's what we said. Yeah. If you should move anything, it it maybe should be the pursuit, but yeah. But that's but, what they like, I, though, right? Because it's for TV watchers that they they seem to really like everybody finishing at the same time, or yeah, well, ideally. But yeah, um, yeah. So I yeah I I I totally agree with you that the individual is the is the traditional race, but I. If they would have to pick one, I I think that would be the one because the sprint and pursuit are s- such an interesting combination. The mass start is what they want with everybody starting and potentially the the upgrade the to 60. a mass start sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if you have to pick one, it might be that one. But that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows, especially in the more traditional biathlon nations. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Um. If you so so again, kind of the same question ten years from now. But um, do you foresee that the big nations will remain the big nations, and uh, the smaller nations will kind of slowly, maybe not catch up, but at least get closer? Because that's what we've been sort of seeing in the in the last the last ten years or so. But uh, how do you see that develop? Um, yeah, maybe the the smaller nations doing to this. New uh, rules about fluor, uh, the the waxing. Uh, Maybe this could even the field a little bit. I don't know. So a lot of the smaller nations could move closer to the bigger nations because um, of the waxing. Maybe could be easier to get great skis or everybody has um, average skis. Um, I don't know, but, but I hope that they could make some rules about this. Um, so, so the big nations don't have this big leap uh, from from the start. But, but that's the part of, of skiing that the the, the equipment, the, the material is just so important. So the big nations will uh, will be the big nations also in ten years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. wow. it, so it should, and the big nations aren't. The, I, I don't think if if the summer biathlon uh, turns out to to develop even more, I don't think the big nations are um, just uh, easy being the. It's not easy just being the big nation there because of the the even playing field uh, yeah. on, on the roller skis. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you want to ask anything else, Jordan? No, I was going to say, um, you know, for, for the benefit of the listeners, if you hear some weird noises on my mic, there's been a pretty big thunderstorm that blew up uh, while we've been talking. So it's uh, there's some pretty wild thunder right now. So I apologize if any of that came through and was interrupting anything. Nope. Yeah. 
I haven't heard anything, so. Oh, okay. It's really um, loud over here, so I apologize. Um, so is there anybody you can think of that you would recommend us talking to for a future podcast episode? Yeah, I, I've mentioned it for, for Jordan. So I think uh, you should talk about, uh, talk to uh, Ukalik uh, Slettermark. Uh, mm -hmm. She is um, fun to talk with and she's got a, got a lot of her uh, on her mind and on her heart. So, and she's just uh, totally in love with the, the sport. Um, and she is a, a small rising star, uh, I think. Uh, she's done very well as a junior and youth um and she's developing she's such a great shoot so um and that's her strength um so that could be cool to talk to her um yeah also okay. for the listeners to 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 listen to a very small nation yes um yeah. battling uh, with the big guys yeah no that, that'd be cool um yeah i think we we definitely have her on our on our list for a little bit later this summer so um, yeah, very excited about that. So then this is the spotlight moment. So anything you want to mention where people can find you or where, you know, anything else that you, you want to share with us about you? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, I haven't got any pages or anything like that. I'm just, uh, tweeting with you guys on Twitter. So, uh, so that's, uh, I, I love these round table talks that uh, we have once in a while um, about some athletes or some aspects. Uh, so if people just join in there uh, and uh, participate on those talks, it could be quite fun. Um, and then I just hope that, that people, um, yeah, still are watching um, biathlon on tv2 this, this winter so uh, so and 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 we have a lot of uh, good stuff coming up i i write some small articles uh, some we call it uh, ner nerding uh, nerdery uh, i don't know it, it, for for the nerds uh, biathlon yeah. nerds yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah um and that's um yeah and i hope that uh, people are enjoying this so yeah, I, I haven't got anything uh, on whatever uh, social media. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody's <laughs> listening and is not on Twitter, feel free to to send us your email, penaltyloopodcast at gmail .com, and then we'll make sure that uh, that it gets passed on to Christian. So and we mentioned yeah. it earlier the the Studio Twenty Two uh, podcast as well uh, for for anybody out there who is a, a Danish listener. So um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's that could be mentioned. Yeah, the the studio twenty two um, with uh, me and Ukalek, and that's uh, but it's uh, it's also developing. So we're trying to to do a show uh, as you guys. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christian, for your time. And uh, yeah, maybe in the in the future we can catch up again, uh, see how things are going and developing. Maybe around the World Championships or just after. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, really uh, appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, and, that uh, was uh, so much fun. So, and um, I love uh, listening to you guys as well. So, thank you. Yeah, yeah. seriously, thank you so much. Uh, you know, and, and not just for not just for uh, you know for joining us here today, but for always you know for for joining in on all of our uh, our Twitter uh, Twitter combos. Absolutely, you mentioned it earlier, but they're a lot of fun. So, yeah, um, especially for for an idiot like me, I get to I get to learn a lot from you guys. So I appreciate it.
Yeah. Okay. Take care.